Section 60 of Greece and Rome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Thomas Peter. The World Story, Volume 4. Greece and Rome. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 60. Caesar at the Height of His Power. 48 to 44 B.C. by Plutarch. Caesar could be stern when the occasion required, but he abhorred unnecessary bloodshed. The Romans, who remembered the cruel revenge that Marius and Sulla took on their enemies, were astonished at the moderation now shown by Caesar, the editor. And they had good reason to decree a temple to clemency, in token of their thanks for the mild use he made of his victory. For he not only pardoned many of those who fought against him, but, further, to some gave honours and offices, as particularly to Brutus and Cassius, who both of them were praetors. Pompey's images that were thrown down, he set up again, upon which Cicero also said that by raising Pompey's statues, he had fixed his own. When his friends advised him to have a guard, and several offered their services, he would not hear of it, but said it was better to suffer death once than always to live in fear of it. He looked upon the affections of the people to be the best and surest God, and entertained them with public feasting and general distributions of corn, and to gratify his army he sent out colonies to several places, of which the most remarkable were Carthage and Corinth which as before they had been ruined at the same time, so now were restored and repeopled together. As for the men of high rank, he promised to some of them future councilships and praetorships, some he consoled with other offices and honours, and who all held out hopes of favour by the solicitude he showed to rule with a general good will, insomuch that upon the death of Maximus one day before his consulship was ended, he made Caninius Revilius consul for that day and when many went to pay the usual compliments and attentions to the new consul, let us make haste, said Cicero, lest the man be gone out of his office before we come. Caesar was born to do great things, and had a passion after honour, and the many noble exploits he had done did not now serve as an inducement to him to sit still and reap the fruit of his past labours, but were incentives and encouragements to go on, and raised in him ideas of still greater actions, and a desire of new glory, as if the present were all spent. It was, in fact, a sort of emulous struggle with himself, as if it had been with another, how he might outdo his past actions by his future. In pursuit of these thoughts, he resolved to make war upon the Parthians, and when he had subdued them, to pass through Hyrcania, thence to march along by the Caspian Sea to Mount Caucasus, and so on about Pontus, till he came into Scythia, then to overrun all the countries bordering upon Germany, and Germany itself, and so to return through Gaul into Italy, after completing the whole circle of his intended empire, and bounding it on every side by the ocean. While preparations were making for this expedition, he proposed to dig through the isthmus on which Corinth stands, and appointed Aeneas to superintend the work. He had also a design of diverting the Tiber, and carrying it by a deep channel directly from Rome to Circe, and so into the sea near Tarsina, 
that there might be a safe and easy passage for all merchants who traded to rome besides this he intended to drain all the marshes by pomentium and setia and gain ground enough from the water to employ many thousands of men in tillage he proposed further to make great mounds on the shore nearest rome to hinder the sea from breaking in upon the land to clear the coast at ostia of all the hidden rocks and shoals that made it unsafe for shipping and to form ports and harbours fit to receive the large number of vessels that would frequent them these things were designed without being carried into effect but his reformation of the calendar in order to rectify the irregularity of time was not only projected with great scientific ingenuity but was brought to its completion and proved of very great use for it was not only in ancient times that the romans had wanted a certain rule to make the revolutions of their months fall in with the course of the year so that their festivals and solemn days for sacrifice were removed by little and little till at last they came to be kept at seasons quite the contrary to what was at first intended but even at this time the people had no way of computing the solar year only the priests could say the time and they at their pleasure without giving any notice slipped in the intercalcary month which they called Merigdonius. numa was the first to put in this month but his expedient was but a poor one and quite inadequate to correct all the errors that arose in the returns of the annual cycles as we have shown in his life caesar called in the best philosophers and mathematicians of his time to settle the point and out of the systems he had before him formed a new and more exact method of correcting the calendar which the romans use to this day and seem to succeed better than any other nation in avoiding the errors occasioned by the inequality of the cycles yet even this gave offence to those who looked with an evil eye on his position and felt oppressed by his power cicero the orator when some one in his company chanced to say the next morning lyra would rise replied yes in accordance with the edict as if even this were a matter of compulsion but that which brought upon him the most apparent and mortal hatred was his desire of being king which gave the common people the first occasion to quarrel with him and proved the most specious pretense to those who had been his secret enemies all along end of section sixty this recording is in the public domain